Today's daf is Kuf Yud Ches. We're holding at the Mishnah towards the bottom of Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Beis. So uh, we had discussed yesterday that uh, since there is no, according to the Tana, we're going to see some Achlogus Tanaim, but according to the Tana that we dealt with yesterday is that there is no Kinyonic Zela on Karka. Karka ain't an Exelus. And therefore, uh, unless there's a special penalty that has been in place, I'll pee the Dine Gzela. If you steal someone's land, you can just say, Harachel Chalafanecha. It's yours. Go ahead and take it. So this mission is a continuation of that thought. The mission is Shatvan Nahar. Let's say the robber steals land. Again, steals land is he evicts the person forcefully or he changes the boundaries. And then what happens that the land becomes flooded. That the, uh, the local river overflows and now floods, inundates the land. So again, Omer Lo, you can say to him, Behold, yours is before you. Again, because in, tech, in terms of Kinyonic Zela, there were no Kinyonic Zela, so it is your land. Uh, in terms of with the penalty, I guess the swara we had yesterday was, it really would have made no difference, even if and I hadn't kicked you out of your land. But if the, if the river was going to flood, the river would have flooded just as easily under your watch as under mine. So there's no need for a, there's no, there's no cause for a penalty in this particular situation. Okay. However, we're going to see that this concept, the karka ain't exelus, and therefore you don't get kinyan exelo, and therefore you can say to the person, it is a matter of dispute. So says it more like this. The case we just had now, Mishnah. Zok the mission, the Tanakama, Chayev Lahamid Loz De Acher, Divrei Rabbi Lozer, You see, according to Rabbi Lezer, he says you could, it's considered like a regular theft. And a regular theft, you got to give it back in the state that you took it. You can't say to the person, You steal someone's car, and then it gets all beaten up. You have to return a car that's in, the, in, in its pristine state, in the way it was when it was stolen. Not in the way it is now, and therefore the same thing applies by land. The Chachamim of the Brisa, which are the Tanoim of our Mishnah, they say, Omer Allah, Rachel Chalafanecha. No, Karka and Exelus, you can say Rachel Chalafanecha. So, what exactly is the point of this Machlokas? The point of dispute? What are they arguing about whether you hold Karka and Exelus, Karka and Exelus? So, the one is going to say it's based on two different schools of thought. We've had a number of times as to how you darsh and psukim. We have one school of thought, which is the Yudgim Midash Atari Dreshes by Hamtanadvedar Yishmol, is that when you have a general statement, then you have a specific statement, then you have a general statement, it's called a Klal Prat. And you have Klal Prat to Klal, so then what happens is that the general statement is generally that's broad and it opens up to everything. Then it's defined by the more specific statement, and then it's concluded again by the Klal, so it's not, it, it, it's general as defined by the specific. That's if you follow the cloud prat of clouds, ka'ina prat, meaning that the general, uh, the, the general body of what's included is defined by the limitations. Then you have, which is considered to be, have broader applications, you have school of thought that says we don't use a klal pratuchlal, but we use a ribui miut ribui. And when you use a ribui miut ribui, you marbe everything. The miut is only excludes one item which is less, uh, could be, uh, it, it is the least com- comparable to anything else that's in the, in the ribui. But it only excludes one. So therefore, when you're using a cloud, you're going to be much more limited as to what you define 
in your general group. But if you use a miyud ribuy miyud, it'll be much broader because you're only excluding the least comparable to everything else. That's all being excluded. So what I was going to say that this machlokus in terms of what's the better, uh, t- what tools the Torah require you to use, will end up being a machlokus whether you hold karka can or cannot be stolen. That's where the Gemara is going to go with this. Gemara says a micah mifligit. Rabbi Lezid darash ribuy miyut. He follows the ribuy miyut system, which is uh, the, the uh, amplification limitation, right? The Pasuk says concerning thefts. It says if you steal someone something or is a financial dealing in which you're stealing from the person and you deny culpability, the kichesh ba'amisoi, so then that's broad. It's much more anything involving financial gain that you're denying. So that could be including... That's a reboy. That could be, it could be case, it could be land, it could be, anything could be included in it. So, kirchesh misu, that's a reboy. Then the Torah gets very specific. It says, hadra miut, then it goes back to limited, because it says we're dealing specifically, bepikodon. Right, bepikodon, that's a miut, because a pikodon is much more something that a person deposits by someone else. Something that a person deposits by someone else is much more limiting in the type of financial dealing that we're talking about. And then it says, or anything that a person swears falsely concerning liability. Now that broadens it up again. So the Chazavariba, that goes back and amplifies again, that opens up again the, 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 the items that we're dealing with. So when you have a riba miut riba, what is the rule? So riba call everything is included. We're dealing with every financial situation. So therefore, in my rabbi, rabbi call merely everything is included. My miut. So then, why did Torah create a miut in the middle? What is being uh, limited? So the thing that is least comparable to all the other items that we could be dealing with is staros. Staros is, uh, is, is, uh, documents. A document is least, the more considered, according to this, Rabbi Lezzi, considered as least comparable to anything that is, is considered to having intrinsic value. Everything else has intrinsic value. Document, uh, documents do not, they represent the capacity, but it doesn't have intrinsic value. So therefore, the only thing that is being excluded from these laws would be, according to Rabbi Lezzi, documents. Alright, that you're stealing documents that's not considered to be under the, the parameters of the Heshvak Zela, Sher Gozal, etc. Now, Rabbonon, they follow the, 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 the Klal Pratuklal, uh, system. So, Darji Klalu Prati. The Kichesh is a Klal. You deny anything financial that's included, that, that's a general, that's general, that includes everything. Bepikodon, that comes down and says something that was deposited, that's a Prat. Then it goes, Omikalasha Yeshava that gin chazavakalal. Klalaprata klal, so you have a klalaprata klal here. Yetadan elakeena prat. Therefore, you, 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 you generalize, but you define it by what is specific. Ma prat, what is unique about, uh, the, the case of, 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 of a deposit or a loan, what is unique about those items? It's a davar metal, so first of all, they're movable items. 
and it's good for moment and they have intrinsic value. So I've called Davra, so therefore, in the laws of Gazela, when you apply the laws of Gazela, it has to be things that have those characteristics. Called Davra is metal to a good for moment. Yotzakarkos, which excludes land. Why? Because she ain't metal because they're not movable, like a regular Picodon or Milva. And Yotzavodim, and also excludes, uh, slaves, because we generally, we compare whatever applies by Karka, to apply to slaves based on a hekish in the Pesach. Shuk's Karkos, because they're considered compared to Karka. And also, Yotzuk Shtaros, Shtaros are going to be excluded, not because they're not movable, because they are movable, but they had, don't have the second characteristic. What is the second characteristic? It's not Gufa moment. it's not intrinsically moment. so the laws of Zela will not apply in the case of Shtaros either. So therefore, even though they're movable, but angle and moment, but they're not considered to be uh, having intrinsic value. Okay, but bottom line, it comes out that whether you use a cloth brother cloth or you use a river mid river, it comes come out. There's a machlok is going to be: Can you is karka subject to laws of zayla or not? The chachamim say cloth brother cloth. They exclude karka. Memela karka can't be stolen, so you can say to a person, even if it was inundated with water. But uh, according to Rabbi Lezer, whose karka can be excluded because you use a river mid river, you know, and therefore the only thing. That's excluded is Shtaros, so therefore you can't say racial Chalafanecha if something happens to the Karka because it's considered you're, you're liable now for anything that happens to the Karka and you would have to recompensate the person for, uh, for, for whatever happens to the land. Now ask the Amorah that that's a, a fascinating way of learning the Machlokas, but it doesn't fit into another Brysa because it comes out then the only argument should be whether you can say only as it is uh, as uh, 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 in what scenario but only by karka right you can't say in other items only karka would be where the machlokas comes out but that's not the case in the following brisa for sign we learned in a brisa shot for nahar if a river inundated person's property right i'm sorry hagozel para person stole a cow the shot for Nahar, and then there was a overflowing river that uh, swept away the cow. You have to replace the cow. You can say now the Chora. That doesn't fit the way we just explained the machlokas. It also needs to explain why. What is the machlokas? How can you say Rachel Cholofanecha if the gal's cow is flowing down the river, right? So what is says, how are we going to explain the machlokas over there? So what is going to explain it like this? What I was going to say is no, actually the two machlokas in Bakarka in the case of the cow are actually interconnected. Because we're talking about in both cases, the theft did not happen to the metalton directly. The person stole land. Now, the cow was on the land. So therefore, if you have a Kenyan Gzela in the Karka, then you can say, there is such a Kenyan called Agav, that sometimes when I acquire the land, so something that is attached to the land or connected to the land, I acquire as well. Now, for regular Kenyan, it doesn't actually even have to be on the land. You could have spoken out with the owner that if I buy the house, I get the... I, I get the car on the street as well. And you make the Kenyan in the house, you make the gate automatically as corner. But obviously that's not what's happening in the case of Xela. But since there is a concept of Kenyan Xela, it means if there is the cow on the property, when I steal the property, I would also acquire the cow. So that's the machlokus over here. According to the Racham, you can't steal the property because Karka and Xelos. Well, if you can't steal the property, so even though you move the boundaries, it don't autom- doesn't automatically get you considered to be a theft on the cow. So when the cow gets 
swept down the the down, down the river. So the same way you could say Harishal Khalafanecha on the property, you could also say Harishal Khalafanecha on the cow, because there was no gzela on the cow. But according to Rabbi that you're cone of the karka, Agav the karka, you're also considered to be a ganev, you're a goslin on the cow. So now in the cow, you can't say Harishal Khalafanecha, you have to replace the cow as well. So what are we dealing with over there? It's not where you stole the cow directly. It's you stole the field. And Kapara was Ravutsaboy was crouching, was lying down on the on the field. And then the river inundated and swept away the cow. To Rabbiazer, the top made of the following is his reasoning that you are a goslin on the land and you're a goslin on the cow. You're not a goslin on either, and you can say, Rachel Cholofanecho. Zog the Eilig Amishno. A gozel is chavero. Person who steals from his friend. Oh, shehil vimena, or he borrowed from him money. Oh, shehik bidlo. Uh, or he, he, he was, something was deposited by him to watch. And in all these three cases, if he, he, he decided that what he's going to do, uh, so, so we have like this. Either you have to return the item because you stole it, or you have a responsibility to return the item because it was a, a loan, or you have a responsibility to return the item because it was deposited by you to watch. Now, the, the premise of this Mishnah is that you have to return it where there's the, the, the area is just as secure as the area where you procured it. So therefore, in a built-up, established area, so therefore there's greater levels of security, so you can return. But you can't steal or borrow or, 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 or give something something's given you to watch that's in a built-up, secure area, and then the middle of the desert, or the middle of the, de- the wilderness, you want to return it. You can't force the person to take something back if the place where you are giving it back is going to be less secure than the place where you took it from initially. So you can't impose it upon the person. He says, "Listen, we're in a wild, we're 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 in the wild, wild west here. Don't give me back my money here. I don't want my money here. When we get home, by the bank, then give me my money so I can put it at the bank." That the 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 victim or the or the uh, the balabais in the last two cases has a right to say. So again, if it's in a in a settled built up area so then if that's where the money was procured so you can't give it back to him in an unsecure area in a wilderness now let's say that uh, the condition was that when I took the item from you, this only would apply then to the last two cases. You can't steal it on Manasseh. I'm going to give it back to you in the midbar. So in the last two cases, when uh, they, it was spoken out that Al Manas, that I'm going to give it back to you in the midbar, and you agreed, even if you never gave it to me initially mm-hmm. in the midbar, but if that was the, re- the, the arrangement of the deal, so Yaxel Mir, then came back to the midbar. Then what I was going to ask, that's Poshid. What do you even have to mention that in the Mishnah? We'll see exactly how, how, how we explain now, but the Gemara is going to ask a question on the first part. The first part said that if you took a loan, so then you can't impose the loan on the lender. You have to, he can say to you, don't pay me back here, pay me back when we get, uh, when, we, when we get back to a settled area. Now, obviously, if he agrees to take it, we're not discussing it, because if he agrees to take it, he agrees to take it. So, where you're imposing on him to take it, I don't want anymore to take it, that's where we're discussing. Ask the Gemara a contradiction. 
It says as follows: Mil the mishtalemes bechol makom. The mission is the price. It says not like our mission. It says you can pay a loan anywhere. Mishtalemes bechol makom. Imagine we can pay it anywhere. It means even in the wilderness. Avedo pikarn. If you have a lost object or an object itself was given to you to watch, then it's ain mishtalemes ever makoman. They can only be. It has to be returned in the place of where the item was procured. But you can't there. You can't. Uh, you can't impose on the person to take it in the wilderness. But it's mashma that alone, right, if it's not an item itself, but it's money that was given, the money, not the same money, different money, money that you want to just pay off an existing loan, it's mashma you can pay the person, which is connected to our mission, because our mission was talking about a loan as well, and still it says, so we seem to have a contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brisa, right? Clear? So Amr Abai, your Abai says, no, you're making a mistake. Shot in the bright is like this. It means like this. A loan, if, if, if I've borrowed money from uh, Yair, and I borrowed $1,000 from Yair, now the din is that I owe him $1,000. When 30 days are up, he can come to me and say, give me the $1,000, uh, $1, 30 days are up. Now, the din is, that he can claim from me anywhere, meaning even in the midbar. That's the shot. shot over here. It's not me imposing on paying him back. It's where he can impose that I pay him back. So therefore, even if it's in the midbar, it's 30 days up, he can come to me and say, you owe me the $1,000. Pay me the $1,000. I want you now to get me the $1,000 and pay me. He's around to do that because the 30 days are up. But that's only in terms of a loan. Because a loan, the item that I'm paying is not the item that he gave me. But in the case of where I'm watching an Aveda, and I'm watching a Picodon, I myself, I don't even have a right to take it to the Midbar. I don't have a right to bring it into an unsecured area. So therefore, even if the time is up, 30 days are up, or it's the case of Aveda, and you know that I have it, you can't demand that I give it to you right now if we're standing in the middle of the Midbar. Because I can say, I don't want to take a chance of bringing the item to the Midbar. Because if something happens before I hand it over to you, that I'm responsible. So that's what the bride is referring to. I can impose on you to pay me in a midbar if it's a loan. But if it's a picadon or an aveda, then I cannot impose. You can tell me, uh, I, you, uh, I, can, uh, I can tell, or me, whoever the I can say, I'll, I'll get you the item, I'll get it to you, but let's wait until we get to, sure. to secure area. So Amr Amr Milvan alone you can procure from a person, you can impose on the person to pay you no matter where you are. However, Aveda that should only be in the area, only in its place, in a safeguarded area, in the same place where you procure the item from the person. Amanaz Latseis Bamidbar. Now the last part of the Mishnah seems to say something which is very positive. It says that even though I can't pay you back in the desert, but if that's the condition I made, when you gave it to me, I said to you, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it back to you in the midbar, then you, then the guy agreed, then you can. So is a pshita, obviously, what's the chiddush in that? So says, no, I'm going to, going to just read the words according to our girsa. So look, in the case is necessary to Amar lay that the case is like this, is that, the mafkid, the person who's depositing the item, said, says, I want you to watch this item, because I'm leaving, and I'm going through the desert, and I don't want to have to take, to take this item with me. So for the next 30 days, I want you to watch the item. Now, Amr Le'ihu, what if the shomer, the guy who's watching it, says to him, 
He says, you know what? I'm fine. I'll take it. But you know what? I might also have to go into the desert. Right? He says, I also want to go out. I also need to go out to the desert. Now, he never made an official condition. If you make an official condition, I'll take it on condition I can pay you in the midbar. There's no need for the mission to tell me. The Kiddush over here is that if the response is, fine, I'll take it, but I also need to go to the desert. The Kiddush is, by me notifying you that I also need to go to the desert, what does that allow? That I can pay you back the item in the desert as well. That's the novelty of the of the brisa. When it says therefore like this, and therefore that is implicit that if I want to return it to you over there, I can. The fact that you told me I'm going to the desert to watch my item, I said I'm also going to be in the desert, implies that if I take it, you understand that I can pay you back the item in the desert as well. That is. That is the uh, the shot in the mission. Maybe even a step further that uh, his watching duties will also be applicable. Like he's going on vacation, I take the item along with me. But I'm not allowed to use it anyway. It's only shmir. It's not a all right. All right. Let's go weiter. Person says to somebody, Gazal Ticho. So I woke up to Arya. I said, Arya, I stole from you last week. Healthy sunny, or I have your money because you lent me money. If or you deposited something by me to watch. However, the only thing is, you know what? Listen, it's been a, been a tough week. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember did I pay you back or I didn't pay you back. I remember at some point in time you get I had your money, but I don't remember did I pay you back. What's the halacha? Chayv l'shalem says the Tana of our Mishnah is that that the fact that you acknowledge the chiyuv and you can't you can't remember if you discharged it. So chayv l'shalem, you are now obligated to pay. We'll see the Gemara exactly what the what, what the ruling is. Aval im amr However, if you go over to your, your friend and you said any adam gizal ticha im elvisani im ifkadati etzli. I don't remember. I'm fuzzy. I don't even remember. Maybe I didn't take the money. Maybe I did. Maybe I... I can't even remember if there was a point that I actually was liable. In such a case, potter l'shalem, you'll be potter to pay. So that's our Mishnah. It's not clear exactly the scenario. Now we're going to go into the Gemara, bringing down a famous Machlok Zvedding Suvis, and from there we're going to go back and try to explain our Mishnah. Itmai was stated. Manili biyodcha. If I come over to someone, I go to Ari, I say, you owe me a hundred. You have, uh, my hundred is in your hands. When you owe me a hundred. And Arya says, I don't know. I don't remember owing you a hundred. Ravun of Rav Yehuda Amri Chayev. Ravun of Rav Yehuda says, Arya is Chayev to pay me. Rav Nachman and Yehochanan Amar Potter. Rav Nachman and Rav Yehochanan say together, they say, Potter, you're Potter. Now, what's the shot? Because Bari Vashem Bari Adif. And the, as the way the Rishonim explained this, if I make a claim, which is a sound claim, you owe me a hundred bucks, the assumption is that if a person is told that he owes a hundred bucks, that's something he should know, do I owe a hundred bucks? So it's my, I have what's called a Bari, a strong Bari, and you have a very weak Shema. What do you mean you don't know? Who doesn't know if they owe it or not? Therefore, says Rav, says, uh, Rav Hun and Rav Yehuda, in such a case, a Bari trumps the Shema, and we go with the Bari, and you, the Shema, is going to have to pay unless you can prove otherwise. So therefore, Bari Shema Bari Adiv, that the Bari is, 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 trumps the Shema. Now, 
What does Rav Nachman Rabbi Yochanan hold, Potter? They say, one second, Arya's money that I'm claiming is mine, it's, he's a muxak in that money. That money now is with him, it's his money. There's a clause, there's a rule in, 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 in ownership of money, or ownership of any item, is that <coughs> Because I'm making a bari, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a muxak on his money. And therefore, my bari alone is not enough to dislodge that money. I would have to bring proof to take it away. And therefore, keep the money with the presumption of who is the current owner of it. Unless you can bring proof, your body is not strong enough to take it away. So this is a fundamental machlokas. According to the first two, which is Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda, they say, where there's a where there's a strong claim and there's a weak uh, answer to it, Bari, uh, you, you dislodge the money with that. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, you don't. Now let's go to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was not clear. Our Mishnah just gave us from the, from the, from the, from the perspective, from the viewpoint of the person who is, the money is being claimed from. What do you call him? The, 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 the plaintiff? The, what's, what's it called? The person that, that, that is, is Owing the money, the defendant, the defendant, the defendant. defendant. Our our mission is only focused on the defendant. It does not give us what the the claim of the claimant. Position. It doesn't say what the person. We don't know. It doesn't say that in our Mishnah. That's what we have to figure out. It doesn't say that. So now, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah. A second ruling, or two rulings in our Mishnah. The second ruling says, If the person says, well, I don't know if I owe you the money. I don't know if I owe you the money. It says that you're Potter. That in the case where the person is not aware, not clear as if he even owes the money, then he doesn't have to pay. Now, hey, Chidami, what's the case? Now maybe you'll tell me that Amish is not talking about whether there's any claim against him. The person is coming Yom Kippur, he wants to make sure that he has no, no, no obligations on himself, and he's not sure, but, if, but you, you yourself, the claimant himself doesn't have a claim. The claimant doesn't know. The claimant's not making any, any body claim over there. So if that's the case, then how do you understand the ratio? So then Reisha, the, the first case over there where he says, yeah, I know, he says, I know I owed you money, I just don't know if I paid back, okay? Now, if a case over there was also talking about that there was no, that the, that the claimant did not have a claim. Lachar, it'd be very schwer to say, well, I don't remember if you owe me money. And you saying is, I remember I did, but I don't know if I pay you back, that you'd be hired to pay me back. If I myself am not making a claim, so then the Chorah, why is it incumbent on you for having to pay? So Reisha, Nami, Deloka, Tavale. So therefore, if the Reisha is also talking about where there is no claim, so am I Chayev? Why should you be Chayev? The one says there's a double poshet. If everything is coming from the defendant, I know that at one point I owed you money. I just don't remember if I paid you back. And the claimant can't back it up by saying, yes, you owe me money. Then why would you have to pay under such circumstance? So therefore, clearly the ratio must be talking about whether what's, what is the, the, the claimant saying. You owe me money. He's a bari. You owe me money. You're saying, yes, I did owe you money. I just don't remember if I paid back. Then it makes sense. You're saying, yes, okay, fine. You have to pay back. They're right. In the, in the second part of it, what's, what's the second part? He's saying, it's no. I don't know if I owe you the money. Now that would be a that would be the same as the machlokas that we just had, where it's a bari saying you owe me the money, and the shema he's saying I don't know if I owe you the money. And what's the ruling over there? You don't owe. You don't have to pay. 
in such a case where you say I don't know if I owe you the money in such a case say, where you owe you say I owe you the money I don't know if I paid back so then I understand because then you're backing up the claim I owe you the money I have to pay but in the second case where you said I, he says you owe me the money he says I don't know if I owe you the money he says you don't have to pay that shows you Bari of Hashem we don't say Bari Odif so Ella the Katavale so we're talking about where there is a claim the claimant is 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 making a claim the Ktani safe and yet the second half of the Mishnah says it says Potter Milashalem and that would be similar to the case of Bari Vashema, which is a difficulty for Rav Huna and Rabbi Yeshua. They can't argue Rav Huna and Rabbi Yehuda, they can't argue with the Mishnah and it's saying Bari Vashema over here, we don't say Bari Adif. Someone says Loi. Loi Lem Doi Katavale. No, we're gonna say according to them there is no claim here. It's not a Bari Vashema because we're not dealing with a case where the claimant is making a claim. So the only problem with that was then how come in the ratio would you be chayim? If the claimant is not saying that you owe me the money, and you're saying is, I might owe you the, I, I know I owed you at one point, I don't know if I paid back, but it's all coming from me, how can we be chayim you to pay? Right? That was the question. So therefore, the ratio, that when it says you're chayim, it doesn't mean you're chayim in a court of law. In a court of law, if there's no claim against you, we cannot be machai of you in such a case where you yourself are not sure whether you still owe the money or not. But over there, when it says chayev, it's talking about it before Yom Kippur, and the guy wants to do morally the right thing. He doesn't want to go with any stains on his, on his, on his, on, 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 you know, any, any stains on his, uh, Record. So the Reisha Bevolat says Yidei Shemayim. So that's telling the Chiddush is that the Reisha told me because if I said I know I owed you the money, I don't know if I paid back or not. You know what? You better pay back in Shemayim. That that's to take care of the problem of Shemayim. Now that's the Chiddush is that if I say I don't even know if I owed the money, then even Lot says Yidei Shemayim. You would not have an obligation to go ahead and do. But once we've taken out that there's no claim over here, there's no bari, then it's not a question bechlal anymore on the opinion of Rav Huna and and, and, and Rav Yehuda. So Gemara says like this: Itmar Nami. The Gemara shows that there is this concept of 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 de shamayim. The Amr Rav Chia Bar Abba Amr Rav Yechanan Hamilachaber Manul Biyotcha Alo Omer Eini Yadeya. So even though Rav Yochanan is the position that says Bari Veshema Bari Odif and you don't have to pay, but he says Chayiv Balatzis Lidei Shamayim is that if you that you would be Chayiv. Medina Shemayim to be Miyotzi De Shemayim. So you see, even Rav Yochanan holds where you're Potter, there is a din of Kans Bukhayv De Shemayim. And Rav Huna Rav Yehuda would extend that to say, even when there wasn't a Tainas Bari, but where you yourself remember there was a Chiv, just don't know when you paid it back, in such a case, they learn that's the case of the Mishnah, that is also a concept of being Yotzi De Shemayim. Let's go back, let's go to the next Mishnah. Okay, we're going to have four different ways of reading this Mishnah. So let's uh, halt cup over here. Hagon of Tle Minha Eder. A person steals a, sh- a, 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 a lamb from the flock. Vehech zero. And he gave it back. So I'm going to read it the way, the first way, the simplest way of reading it. Okay? Now, what happened was that even though the owner knew that it was stolen, but he was not aware that it was returned. Right? And then there was an onus. The animal died or the animal, uh, the animal was stolen. The question is, do I remove myself from liability in my Maganav? Am I remove myself from liability even if, if I've given it back, even if I haven't notified 
the owner that I gave it back. So that's going to be the question over here. So it says, so so gnignav chai yuso because in order for me to remove myself from the liability of the ganav, this is again one of the way we do it. You have to notify him that you returned it. Now lo So let's say that he never knew it was stolen to begin with. When I took it, he was unaware, and when I returned it. He was unaware. So says the Gemara, um, says the Mishnah, is that in such a situation, the owner, not knowing that it was lost or that it had been returned, but did count. He did the daily count and he saw that all his sheep were there. Alright. And then the flock is intact. And then what happens? It died or the, or it, um, or it was stolen, Potter, you would not be liable. So basically, so we have, in the way I just read the mission, there's two cases. One is, we, you, he knew it was stolen, but he wasn't aware that you brought it back. And number two, he wasn't aware that it was stolen, or that he brought it back, but he counted it, and then it says Potter. Now, I'm a Rav. Rav's way of reading the Mishnah. Let's go with the first thing. I'm a Rav. Ladas, if something was stolen with awareness. Awareness means that the owner knew that it was missing. Tzarech Das. In order to remove yourself from liability, you need to have awareness of the return. Part of, part of the, uh, the removal of liability when the guy knows you stole it is notifying him that I stole and I'm returning it. Does he have to know that you stole it or just knows that it returned? You have to notify him that it was stolen and you're returning it. Again, whether it's you or you can put back with a mask, I don't know. But the point is, you need to notify him it's being brought back. Shalola Das, if it was stolen without awareness, then you don't have to notify the person that it's being returned, but it's sufficient that what? Minion. As long as he's done an accounting and he sees that everything is there, once he's down that accounting and he knows that everything is there, then what? Then you are, then you have removed yourself from liability. Which means, it's very interesting, that if somebody stole something from you and you never told him that you put it back and he did an accounting, that would not be sufficient. Even though he counts and it seems that everything is there, but you need to have a notification of return to remove yourself from the full liability of the item. Even if he counted it, it's not enough. You have to tell him, I've returned the item. And the Mephoshim give different reasons for it. One is, because he knows the item was stolen. And he's got a, he's got a, he's got ten, he's got, he's got a thousand, uh, lamb, lambs over here. He doesn't know necessarily, because he counted, how does he know that the one that he has now that he, that's made, is, that it was returned? Maybe miscounted the first time. Maybe a different one joined a flock that wasn't his. He doesn't know for sure that you've returned. So therefore, it's not enough to do a minyan. It's not enough to do a count. There you have to actually let him know that you've returned it. If he never knew that it was missing, then an accounting is okay. That is Rob's way of understanding. And that, and that would fit the way we read the Mishnah. Because the way we read the Mishnah, there were two cases. The first case was you knew that it was stolen... And if you never told the guy that you returned it, you're chayev. You have to let him know. Second case where you never let him know that the guy was unaware that it was stolen. The only thing that's necessary in that case to remove liability is it says minion. 
that you have to count it that it's potter. So that's a simple way of reading the Mishnah, and that's the way Rav understands the reading of the Mishnah. That was that's explanation number one. Shmuel disagrees. What does Shmuel say? Shmuel Amar Ben Ladas Ben Shaloladas Minyan Potter. Shmuel says one second. If it was stolen. It doesn't matter whether you knew it was stolen or you didn't know it was stolen. If there's been an accounting and the guy sees that everything is intact, that automatically removes liability even in the case where the guy knows that it was stolen. And in the Mishnah, when the Mishnah said, when you counted it, then you're going to be potter, that's going on both cases. Going on the case where you didn't know that it was stolen, but it's also going back on the first case, even when you knew that it was stolen, the counting is sufficient and you don't have to let the person know that you have returned it. That when he counted it, now it's intact, Potter, that's Akula, that's going on the entire mission, that's going on both cases of the mission. Again, so the way Shmuel's going to have to read, you have to go back and see how each one reads the Mishnah. But the way Shmuel is going to read the Mishnah is as follows. Shmuel's going to have to read the Mishnah like this. When it's Agon of Tlem in Aedir, someone stole a, a lamb from the flock, Vehech Zero, and they returned it, Umeis Oganov Chaibach Ryuso. Right? And then it says that if it died or stolen, it was, it, without, since he never notified the owner, he's high for it. Now, lo and this, this, and the same thing would apply. The same thing would apply even if he did not know that it was stolen or returned. However, However, if the guy counted it, then he's potter. In both scenarios, he'll be potter. Both in the scenario when he was aware there was stolen, or even the, that's how Shmuel is going to read the Mishnah. That's, that's explanation number two. So, really, what's the case that there's going to be an argument between Rav and Shmuel? So, for what what scenario is the machlov with Rav and Shmuel? Rav holds that if you know that it was stolen, you, know you have to notify the person. It's not enough for him to just count it. According to Shmuel, no, even if you never notified, you put it back without him knowing, but once he counts it, it helps for that case as well. <laughs> Third ex- explanation. Rav Yochanan Omer. Lidas, if you know that it was stolen. Minion Poter. That part of it he agrees with Shmuel. That if the guy, you returned it without the guy knowing, but the guy counted... Exempt. Shalola das. If the guy did not know that it was stolen, then afilu minyan amilatag. What do you have to count it for? If the guy did not know it was stolen and you returned it, why do we need accounting? There's no need for an accounting. He doesn't know. But he doesn't he know. His, what? But he wouldn't count because he but if he, but, 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 one second, why don't you ask the question of the first two? The first, Robin Shmuel held that if the guy never knew that it was stolen, you need to count in order, he has to do the, the daily count at the end of the day. They automatically, you have to do it according to your bill, what do you need it for? If the guy never knew it was stolen, it was returned, you don't need accounting. And therefore, that last line of the mission that says that when they counted the sheep, and they found that it was intact, that his potter, that's only necessary for which case? Aresha, it's only necessary for the case where the person knew that it was stolen, but he was unaware of it being returned. But in the case where he never knew that it was stolen altogether, so then in that case, 
You don't need to even have a, you don't even need a minion. You don't need to have accounting. You're, the guy is, you removed himself from liability. He soon as he returned it, even if there was no counting. Koshkin, if there was an accounting. Koshkin, correct, but you don't need it. According to Robin Shmuel, the hell did you need it? That's the third explanation, okay? Rav Chista, he has a, 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 something that seems completely counterintuitive. He says that if you know that it was stolen, then a minion poter, then counting helps. You know it was stolen, then you go ahead and you can count it. Shalola does. But where you don't know it was stolen, then counting won't help. Sarich das, where you don't know it was stolen, unless you go over to the owner and you tell him, I stole your item, now I'm bringing it back, it doesn't help. And then, can we just shut that door? The, the, no, the... It is both shut. Oh, oh, okay. So it says more like this. So it says the Gemara that... Uh, you know about it. Know about that, that if you didn't know about okay. accounting is not going to help. I mean, that, that, that's one's going to ask right away, why should that be? Right? So, according to Rav Chista, it comes out that counting only helps when you knew it was stolen. If you did not know that it was stolen, from Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, if you don't know it was stolen, what do you even have to account it for? No, no harm, no fell. It was, it was 99 when you stole. It was 100, 99 stole. Now it's back 100. And, and the guy doesn't even know that it's back 100, but it is back 100. So what do we have to count it for? According to Rabbi Yo, according to Rechista, no. Even if the guy counts it and it's 100, you have not removed yourself from liability until you tell the guy that I stole from you. And yet this is going completely contorts the Mishnah. And they, you know, when that last line says that if he counted it, he becomes exempt, right? That line is going on race, it's going in the first case that counting helps only where he knew that it was stolen, but not where he never knew that it was stolen. So I'm a robber. So robber said, my time at Rabchista. Let me explain to you what's shot in Rabchista, right? Because Rabchista seems to make no sense, right? What's the difficulty with understanding Rabchista? Where I did not know that it was stolen, why do I, uh, why does the thief only remove himself from liability if he lets me know? If I know it was stolen, he doesn't have to let me know. So when I don't know it was stolen, why do I have to let me know? So Robert says a, a brilliant insight. He says like this, this Shukhara only applies by animals, but he says like this, is that an animal that has been trained or that, that, that has, has experienced leaving the flock, leaving the fold, now it's been trained to be able to go away, to run away. So he says, so therefore, if I know that something was stolen, I can keep an eye on the one that was stolen to make sure it never gets away, it doesn't get away again. But if I don't know that it was ever stolen, I don't know to keep my eye on that particular animal. So therefore, for me to even go and count it doesn't help because I don't know to have special supervision on that. And therefore, if you took something surreptitiously without the guy knowing... In order to remove yourself a liability, according to Rav Chista, what has to happen? Notify. You have to notify him that, that you've brought that animal back so he can keep an eye on that one particularly. So my time, Rav Chista, what's the reasoning for Rav Chista? How does Rav Chista explain this? He says, The animal is, it's, it literally means that it's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's got a custom to taking steps outside. So it's got, it's got in the, in the, in the, in the uh, become accustomed to taking steps outside. You need an, es- an extra pikuach, an extra watching on it. You need to let the guy know that it was taken. 
Now, the Gemara assumes, first of all, Rav was a Talmud of Rav Chista, and the fact that he goes out of his way to explain Shat and Rav Chista must be out of the four interpretations. Who's Rav Paskining like? Rav Chista. The Gemara says, Rav Achi, does Rav really Paskin like Rav Chista? V'amar Rav. Rav said as follows, if a person sees from a distance, right, he can't get there in time, but he sees that somebody walks over and grabs, picks up one of his sheep, runs off with one of his sheep. Now, he can't get there, but he starts screaming at the guy. So, he starts shouting at the thief, and the thief threw it down and ran away. But, he couldn't tell, did the sheep run back into the flock, or did it run away? He wasn't sure where the, she- where, the where it went. Below Yod Ihadre, did it go back, did the, did the guy throw it back into the flock, by, it means he would return it. Oh, he didn't return it. You can tell, was it returned or not? Then what happens is, he figured out, he, I guess he, he figured out that it was returned, and umeis einignav, and it, then it died or it was stolen. the thief is still responsible for that particular animal. Now, my love, avol gav Now, the one is assuming lechora. How did he figure out that it had been returned? Right, he must have counted it. So it's mashma that even though he counted it. He's still the thief because the thief did not come over to him and say, I'm returning it. It's not sufficient. The counting would not help, even though he knew that it was stolen. Now, this is counter to the sheet of Rav, of, of Rav Chista. Because Rav Chista said, when you knew it was stolen, you must notify counting would be... Su- no, when you knew it was stolen, you don't have to notify the guy. He knows it was stolen. Sufficient. Counting is sufficient. Rav Chista said, the only time... You, uh, you know, not if it, uh, counting doesn't help is if the person you did not know that it was stolen. If you don't know it was stolen, he can't just put it back. He has to, uh, counting even wouldn't help in that particular case. And Yer Lechor, it says that your sword was stolen. You don't know was it returned or not. And, 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 and we're assuming you must have counted it. So therefore, since you counted it, it still, and, and, and it still doesn't help. The, the thief is still liable when we find out who the thief was because it wasn't a considered valid return. Achor Mashman that he has to notify you. That's not going with Rav Chista. According to Rav Chista, if you know it was stolen, you don't have to notify the guy that you returned it back. You could just, as long as he becomes aware when he counts it, that would be sufficient. What? I thought we said with Rav the other way. What? I, I thought we said with Rav that if he didn't know, he... He, he didn't he know that it was stolen. Then counting the won't help. Is not, not if he didn't know it was stolen... Right, the case over here was he knew it was stolen, he didn't know it was given back. Oh, okay. Rav said, if it doesn't know it was given back, counting is sufficient. And here we have a case, we're assuming that he counted it, and it's not sufficient, the thief is still liable. So Lechayra, my life is not talking about Avagav the money that he counted. The one says, no, the case over there was like the Lord money, he did not count it. The reason why liability wasn't removed, it is going like a Bechista, but the only way liability would have been removed, if he counted, he didn't count it, and then we found out that the animal died, it was stolen, so in such a case, the thief is so it's not going connective chista. Says the more like this. Me, I'm a Rav Hachi. Did Rav hold? Rav said as follows. Rav was the first interpretation. He said that if you know that it was stolen, the only way the thief is gets off the hook is what? If he notifies. Counting is not sufficient. If you know it was stolen, if you don't know it was stolen, then counting is sufficient. That was Rav's. 
That was the Rav's interpretation. So me, I'm a Rav Hachi. Did Rav really say this? If I'm a Rav, Rav said, If a thief stole something from a flock that was in the desert, okay, then Yotza, his uh, discharges his liability. So the Gemara assumes that you just went over and you put it back and you didn't notify the the owner. And it's mashma that you didn't notify him. It doesn't say anything about him having to count it either. It's just mashma. The fact that you put it back, the Lachara, that does not fit Rav's chat. Rav says that even if he knew it was stolen, only thing would discharge is counting. And if he didn't know it was stolen, it would require notification. And here it's mashma, you don't require, you just put it back and you're, you're discharged. So Amrav Khanan Bar Abba Moda Rav Berekoaso. Rav agrees that if the animal, the lamb, is some is distinguished by it's, it's spotted. It has a unique discoloration. It's uniquely it can be dis, this lamb can be identified by the way it looks. So therefore the point is the fact over here you don't need counting. The fact is that since the thief, the the the, the, the shepherd sees that one he knows that that one is back in the flock. So in such a case, you don't have to count it. Rav said that if the bird, you know it was stolen, the only way it helps to bring it back is you have to notify the person. That you have to notify the person that it was that, that that you stolen. He says that would be that din would not be true if the item that was stolen is so unique that the owner, without even notifying, he could tell that it's been returned. That would be sufficient in such a case. You don't, you don't need counting in such a case, and you don't need notification. It would help under that circumstance as well. Says the Gemara. There's the four way machlokas amaroyim. The Gemara is going to say it seems to be actually a machlokas tanoim. Lema ketanoim. Right. Now, where is this machlokas tanoim? We have a brysa. Look at the brysa. Hagon of Tlemina Eder. Somebody stole a, 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 a lamb from the flock. Kis, or he took a coin from the purse. that in order to discharge liability, all you need is what? Put it back. Doesn't say anything about notifying. Doesn't say anything about counting. Put it back. Rabbi Akiva Omer Tzarech Das Bailim. That in both these cases, what do you need? You need to notify the owner that you put it back. So now, that's the b'risa. Now let's see how the Chachomim understood it, how the Bnei Yeshiva understood it, and then see how the Machlokas Amaroim, in, in fact, seems to be Machlokas Tanoim. Savrua Kula Alma Isludra Rav Yitzchak. That the Gemara assumed, the Bnei Yeshiva assumed, that everyone holds a Rav Yitzchak. Everyone remembers the famous Rav Yitzchak in the second parak of Metziah that says, that a person is constantly aware of the money in his wallet, the money in his pocket. He's always counting and seeing how much he has. And therefore, the Gemara assumed that everybody agrees with that assumption of Rabbi Yitzchak. A person has a habit of feeling and, and counting and seeing his money all the time to make sure that it's there. And therefore, so we're talking about that the person would for sure know that if the per, if you return the money to the the wallet, since he checks his wallet all the time, he will be for sure be aware that it had been Return. returned. So then, what's the machlokus? So my lab sella ledas that they're arguing about where the seller was given back 
with with awareness. Or beplukse the rav and shmuel, but it comes out being the machlokas comes out being rav and shmuel, meaning that even though he knows that it was stolen, but he'll also know that it was returned. But maybe it doesn't help because maybe according to Rav, since he knows that it was stolen, it's not enough that you return that he counts and becomes aware. What do you have to do? You have to notify him. Whereas according to Shmuel and also the other opinions, the other three, no. When a person, it's, when a, if the person is unaware <coughs> that, it was, that it, it was returned, is unaware that, and now he only counts it to become aware that that, that could be that that is sufficient according to the other three opinions. According to Rav, even though when you know it was stolen, it's not enough just to become aware the guy just by counting it, you have to actually be notified. And that could be the machlokus over here. In the case of the money, the machlokus would be between Rav and Shmuel and, and the other ones. Is notification needed when you were aware that it was stolen? That would be the machlokus over here. And in the case of the tle of the sheep, now you don't count your sheep all the time. So that's talking about a case where you did not know that it was taken, and then the guy puts it back. So then according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's enough. And according to Rabbi Akiva, no, you have to notify. That'll be the Machlokas Bishaloladas, where the Plukta will be between Rabbi Chista and Rabbi Yochanan. Whether, if something was taken without, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who cares? If it was taken with, it was taken without knowledge, putting it back is sufficient. And according to Rabbi Chista, no. It's not. You have to, at least, you have to have counting. So the, uh, now even counting hell would not be enough. You have to have no, a notification because you're dealing with an animal. An animal that was taken, according to Chista, the only thing that you can exa- exonerate yourself from liability is what? You have to notify the, the person. So the Chorah, it would seem to be that the Machlokas, between the, in the case of the money, and the Machlokas in the case of the sheep, the money is a case where you knew it was stolen. The sheep is a case where you did not know it was stolen. So those two Machlokas are tied very much into the Machlokas Amaroyan that we had earlier. So Amrav Zid Mishmei No, it could be begone of Mershus Bailim. We're talking about over here that the case of the lamb it was stolen from the owner's Rishus and without him aware, uh, without him knowing about. If it was stolen with the, uh, the owners without him knowing about, Kulam It could be that both these Tanoic opinion would be Rav Chista. If you stole something from someone's home and he did not know about it, it was an animal, then it could be both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel that since you've now trained the animal to leave his home, now in order to be discharging your obligation, what has to happen? You need to have a full notification of it in order for the bird to exonerate yourself. But here we're talking about a different case. What happens if it wasn't the owner that was watching the animal? Let's say the owner had given it to the shomer. And the Shomer is now responsible for watching it. And the Shomer in the middle of the Shmir decides, you know what, I'm going to steal it myself. And he goes and he locks it up in the basement or he goes and he takes it to another property that he has and then he has Harata. And he goes, 20 minutes later, he brings it back. The question at that point is, does it require notification or not? Well, what would be the dependent on? Does, at the moment where he did an action to steal it, does it break the Shmirah? If it breaks the Shmirah, the fact that he brings it back 
to his own house, the Shomer brings it back to where it was before, doesn't help anymore. Because he's no longer considered to be a Shomer. In that case, you'd need notification. That would be going like the opinion. Rebekiva, unless there's notification, doesn't help. But according to the opinion that it does help, you don't need to have notification because he can reinstate the Shmira automatically by bringing it back. That's the Machlokas. But Enachinam, if you're stealing it from the house of the owner, it could be everybody holds that you need notification because now you've trained the animal. To leave his rishus, like Rabbi Chista said, you have to notify him. So you don't, according to Rabbi Chista, he does not have to necessarily be a machlokus, uh, in his opinion. So it says him more like this. Hacha b'shomer, shaganav mershuso, shayavzul amakum shaganav kamiflugi. Can the shomer, who stole it from his place where he was watching it, does he, can he just return it to where he was watching and continue his shmira? Rabbi Akiva's saw, Rabbi Akiva's other opinion is called the shmiroso, is that shmira has come to an end. And Rabbi Yitzchak Lasavar lo calls the Shmira so that you can go back to the Shmira and therefore you don't have to notify the person. Says the Gemara like this: Lema minyan poter tanoihi. It would seem that where the counting is sufficient, counting is sufficient to remove liability from a thief happens to also be a machlokas tanoim. The sign because we learned in a brisa. Hagozos chaveiro. Let's say Reuven goes to Shimon and steals a hundred dollars. All right. Now, what happens is a week later they're doing a business deal, and Ruvain is is embarrassed that he stole. He doesn't want to tell Shimon. So in the deal, he slips the hundred in the rest of the money. So So he's given him back the the stolen item, the stolen money, but he never notified him that he was doing it. Now, Tani Chada, one Bryce says Yotza. He was Yotza. His din of Vehishav is Tanya Irach, the second prize, says, Lo Yotza. He's not Yotza. So, Savrua Kula Alma is Lidab Yitzchak. That the initial understanding was, everybody agrees with Yitzchak, the Amar who says, Adam Asulid Mashmah Bekis Bechol Shavashah, that a person counts his money at all times. And since a person counts his money at all times, so therefore, when you slip the hundred in, he'll know he got, he'll know he got back his hundred, he'll know that he's not missing a hundred. So my love, Akamivligi. Demand the Amar Yotza Savar Minyan Potter. He holds counting is sufficient. Demand the Amar Lo Yotza Savar Minyan Ena Potter. The counting is not sufficient. So Amri the Bnei Shiva said no. If everybody held of Rabbi Yitzchak that the person counts his money at all times, then there wouldn't have been a machlokas. Could be everyone would agree the minyan poter that the counting would be sufficient, and you don't have to, and you're not liable on that hundred if you slipped it in because he must have counted it. So maybe the two brides that can argue, can you rely on that legal presumption that the chazaka that the person counts his money at all times? Mar is the Rabbi Yitzchak. You hold Rabbi Yitzchak. You're poter. Mar lezer the one doesn't hold. You can rely on that, and therefore you're chayev. The ibai say my third explanation. The Kula Alma, everyone holds of Rabbi Yitzchak that you do count it. The only thing is, in the one case he's talking about that the owner, when, he, when, when, the, when the thief was giving accounting out the money to the owner, he put it into his wallet. Since he put it into his wallet, then the, 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 the owner, the thief, I mean, the victim, you know that he's going to count the money in his wallet, and, and therefore you're okay. But how the money of a Ramaliyade? But in the second, uh, in, in the, the second brisa is you never put it into his wallet, you put it into his hand. So you put the stack of bills in his hand, and you slipped in the hundred. Now in such a case, he's not going to sit there counting it, because since it's in his hand, he's going to go home, 
it's going to put it down, and he'll never, he doesn't, he's not going to count, put it down with the rest of his money. He's not going to count. So he's never comes to a place where he counted what you stole. So since you never counted what you stole, you never discharged your liability. So they've had a money And the fourth explanation is, is that, uh, in, uh, in both cases, Taki, you put it into, a, into his, into his wallet, into his purse. But had the Isla In one case, the person had pre-existing money there. That's another way of saying the person started off not knowing exactly how much he starts with. The victim did not know did I have in my because he had he had other money as well. Since he had other money as well, he did not know. So therefore, by slipping it in, he's not going to realize whether you gave it back because he doesn't have the the benchmark of how much to start with because there was other money in the purse to begin with. Therefore, you don't assume that there was counting that would let him know. One is the wallet was empty. So when you say that I'm giving you $20 and now he counts and he sees there's going to be 21 then he knows that the money that was missing from him uh, he, that had been returned. So Morris says like this. So therefore, that would be everyone holds of Archista. Everyone holds of Yitzchak. Don't think can you rely on Yitzchak where the owner does not know how much he's starting with that would be that's the two the difference between the two brides okay gentlemen we'll stop over here okay